Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Rather Be Sweating podcast. I'm your host, Maria McBride. I'm going to start off by saying a silly little line that probably every yoga teacher has said before, and it goes like this. If I earned a quarter every time someone told me that they can't touch their toes after learning that I'm a yoga teacher, I'd be retired and living on an island somewhere. In other words, it's really common for people to think that they have to possess some level of flexibility in order to come to a yoga class. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Think about it this way. If you want to learn a new skill, let's say playing golf or speaking Spanish or playing the piano, and you don't know how to do that thing, the logical step would be to sign up for a lesson or a bunch of lessons to get you on your way. For some reason though, it's super common for folks to think that they need some sort of pre-existing skill level before taking a yoga class. But that's just not the case. See, when you come to yoga, you practice putting your body into positions, the poses, that help you build the flexibility, the strength, the balance. Those are not things that you need to have before showing up. And while rationally this makes sense, I know that trying something new, especially something physically challenging in a group setting, can be downright scary, which is exactly why I want to talk today about some of the tips that will help you get over the mental hurdle and take your first hot yoga class. And if you've done hot yoga before, but have been sidelined for some time, this episode is perfect for you as well. So without further ado, here's episode number six. Now, everything I'm talking to you about today is how we think about beginners and first time students at my studio, Hometown Sweat. And since I've been in the yoga world for quite some time, since 2008 to be exact, I know that so many other studio owners and yoga communities feel this same way. In other words, regardless of where you decide to take your first class, it's safe to say that these points here will help you. The first thing that's important to remember is that when you show up to any yoga class, whether it's your first, 10th, 100th, or beyond, always give yourself permission to take it easy. If the class is physically challenging or has some sort of element to it that you're nervous about, the most obvious example being a hot yoga class where people sometimes aren't sure how they're going to handle the heat, embrace the philosophy that less is more, less straining, more breathing, less pressure, more compassion, less pushing, more patience. Once you take the pressure off of yourself and realize that the most important thing you do is show up and breathe, the class gets a whole heck of a lot more enjoyable and even fun. If I see someone laying down or going slow or quite literally taking care of themselves, I'd never demand that they push harder. That's just not what yoga is about. I've also found that when you really do give yourself permission to take it easy, you go into each yoga class with curiosity rather than judgment. You know that taking it easy is on the table, that it's an option and a great one at that. So you'll be more likely to tune in with how you're feeling day to day, as opposed to putting pressure on yourself to get something accomplished. Now, all that mental fanfare is great, but how about some concrete, tangible advice? I can hear you asking, Maria, what can I actually do to prepare for my first hot yoga class? Well, I think you're in luck because I have a handful of really simple things next. Number one, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate. Hydration is arguably the single most important thing that you can do to set yourself up for physical success before a hot yoga class. When you arrive at class well hydrated, your body does a really efficient job of managing the heat. 
you'll probably feel hot and maybe even a little bit uncomfortable, but you'll be in such a better position than if you hadn't had any water. Now, hydrating before class doesn't mean chugging a bottle of water two seconds before you walk into the studio. Give yourself at least 24 hours to really start drinking a lot of water. For example, if you plan on taking a hot yoga class on a Friday afternoon, start to drink a bit more water beginning on Thursday morning. Obviously, everyone's body composition is different, but personally, I aim to have about 100 ounces of water every day. Okay, number two, be mindful when you are eating in relation to when the class starts. Again, everyone is different here, so I hesitate to something as concrete as don't eat two hours before class or only practice on an empty stomach. But based on my own personal experience, as well as hearing from yoga students over the years, it really does not feel good to take a hot yoga class on a full stomach. That's where that two-hour general rule comes from, so that you can give your body a chance to digest a bit before twisting and bending and stretching and sweating. The food thing might take a little experimentation, so it's okay if you don't get it quite right on the first class. The other detail about food is that the time of day you practice makes a difference. I personally cannot eat anything before an early morning class, but I know plenty of others who need a little something even before a 6 a.m. When I am planning my pre-class snack, let's say before an afternoon class, I'm going to usually finish eating at about two and a half hours before the class begins. And I always try to have something with all three macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, and fat. So for example, a banana with peanut butter or a scrambled egg on a piece of toast or even a protein shake. Side note, I love making my protein shakes with Greek yogurt and frozen fruit, but I digress. The point is a big, heavy meal will not make you feel great in class, but do make sure you have some fuel in your tank. Okay, number three, tangible tip. When thinking about a hot yoga class, dress appropriately. Now, I'm not saying go out and drop a couple of C-notes on a new Lulu outfit, but just make sure you give your arms and legs some room to breathe. For reference, I wear shorts and a sports bra because anything else is just too hot. And when I first started practicing original hot yoga, all I had were old Nike running shorts and whatever sports bra was on sale at Marshall's. You know what? That worked out just fine. Whenever I see someone show up in a heavy cotton t-shirt and sweatpants, well, I'll put it this way. They choose different clothes the next time. All right, let's jump to kind of a philosophical piece because I think this one is really important and helpful. Ready? Pace yourself. Most hot yoga classes are between 60 and 90 minutes. Original hot yoga every time, it's 90 minutes long. Now, that might feel like a long time to be stretching in a hot room when you've never done it before. That's why pacing yourself can lead to feeling energized rather than burnt out. Go easy especially the first 15 to 20 minutes of a class. And by easy, I quite literally mean to exert only 50% to 70% of your maximum effort. Just because you can push harder doesn't mean you necessarily should. In fact, holding back and pacing yourself can help you really feel the different ways your body is moving and responding to the postures. In original hot yoga specifically, we always do 26 postures and two breathing exercises. I like to think of this class as a marathon, but instead of running 26.2 miles, we stretch our way through 26 poses and inhale and exhale through two breathing exercises. A marathon is not a sprint. Instead, it takes an incredible amount of pacing that's required to make sure you have energy all throughout the race. 
take the same approach with hot yoga, no matter what the class style, especially when it's your first class. Take it easy at the beginning. Save some energy for later on. If you give it everything you've got in the first 10 minutes, it'll be really hard to keep going. And how do you know if you're pacing yourself? A good rule of thumb is to prioritize your breathing. If you can breathe calmly, normally, without gasping for air, generally speaking, you're most likely in a pretty good spot. But if you're huffing and puffing and unable to catch your breath, that's a clear sign you want to back way off and dial down your efforts a bit. A good mantra if you're starting to feel overwhelmed is more breathing, less posture. All right, let's get back to something really concrete, something really simple, and something really important that I think will put you right at ease. Here we go. If you have injuries or medical conditions, which would be really normal since yoga helps so many issues and medical conditions, let your yoga teacher know ahead of time. Trust me, we want to know what's going on. So if there's anything we need to be on the lookout for, we can be. We might also be able to offer you really great modifications so that you can feel better in the class. Now, one thing I'll say, and this is for the yoga teachers listening, as well as yoga students or future yoga students, yoga teachers are not doctors. I mean, unless they are, but really a yoga teacher certification, it's not an MD. I'd never diagnose anyone. And if I don't know anything about an issue that you're asking me about, I'd never pretend that I do. That being said, if a lingering injury is holding you back from trying yoga, it's worth it to reach out to the studio and their teachers. Helping people use yoga to relieve chronic pain is why I do what I do and why I opened my studio. And I think it's safe to say that yoga teachers everywhere will do everything within the scope of their training to help you feel better. We've just got to know what's going on so we can offer that help. Okay, ready for the next one? Here we go. Have no expectations. Yep, here's why. If you show up to class thinking, this is going to be a piece of cake, how hard could yoga be? I'm going to do every single pose and totally crush it. You're setting some pretty high standards for yourself on something you've never done before. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're thinking that you have to show up a certain way and nail every pose, you're putting an awful lot of pressure on yourself. Unnecessary pressure. Think about the flip side. If you arrive to class expecting to take it easy, expecting to rest, expecting that it'll be challenging, then you'll find more relaxation. The whole experience will be more fun, even more enjoyable. And that relaxation will lead to more control over your movements, will lead to an easier time breathing, and better yet, more relaxation after the class, which is kind of the whole point. I always giggle to myself before the class when it seems like everyone comes in saying, I don't have a lot left in the tank today, and I'm just going to go in the yoga room and lay there for the whole class. And even, I can't believe I got here. Don't expect much today. Because those are the classes where everyone comes out saying, wow, I can't believe how much energy I had. And I felt incredible today. And even, oh my gosh, that was probably my best class ever. I think it's safe to say that those are the scenarios where expectations are low, pressure is off, and the results end up being awesome. We live in a world today where more is better and pushing to the max is expected. We burn the candle at both ends and have trouble slowing down. Use your yoga class as an opportunity to step back from that mentality 
and see what happens. I'm going to come full circle here and touch on something that I mentioned right at the very beginning of the episode. The whole, if I had a quarter every time someone said they can't touch their toes piece. More broadly than that, I want you to understand that you don't have to be in shape to start yoga. Heck, you don't even have to be experienced. You don't have to be strong or fit or flexible or young. You don't have to be anything to begin. I think this is the most important point, the one I really want you to take away from the episode. I've heard so many times people say things like, well, when I heal my back or when I lose the weight or when I can touch my toes, then I'll take that hot yoga class. But as you can see, that's a bit of backwards thinking when the very thing that's going to help all of those when I fill in the blanks is actually yoga. Yoga helps relieve the back pain. It helps you maintain a healthy weight. And yes, the label on the packaging is true. Yoga can help you touch your toes. All right. You just listened to this podcast and you understand that you can take it easy. You know you have to have a healthy snack a few hours before class and to hydrate well. You've got some shorts and a tank top ready to go. You get the whole sprint marathon philosophy and you're totally cool with telling your yoga teacher about that knee pain that you sometimes feel. And yeah, 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 you get it. No expectations. But how do you actually do it? How do you make it through the class if you want to, but you're scared to try? I'm going to keep it simple and give away the first step. Get to the studio. Make the yoga habit about getting there, about showing up, and then remind yourself that anything after that is a bonus. That's it. Get there, show up, and then get there again the next day and the next day and the one after that too. The truly hard part is waking up at 5.30 in the morning or leaving work early or making the childcare arrangements so that you can simply get to the yoga class. The life-changing work happens before even one drop of sweat hits your mat. When I'm teaching a busy class and I look around the yoga room, I see elite triathletes sweating next to stay-at-home moms. I see artists and accountants each doing their best. The school teachers and the doctors and the firefighters and the construction workers, the business executives, police officers, and the college kids, they all take the same class at the same time. They come from different walks of life, but in each and every class, they've all made the same simple decision, the decision to show up. And after that, everything is a bonus. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on the Rather Be Sweating podcast, and I hope that it gives you a little nudge of confidence to know that who you are right now is absolutely more than enough to start yoga. If you're enjoying this podcast and will leave a review on iTunes, I'd so appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Maria McBride, and I can't wait to talk to you next week.